friend. Welcome to the Shattered into Beautiful podcast. I'm Jeannie Smith, an author, ministry leader, and biblical healing coach. But more importantly, I'm a wife and a mom, just like many of you. Listen, if you're looking for real, authentic talk, you've came to the right place. In this space, you will discover a friend who will connect with your heart as I share my own personal stories and cover many relatable topics. If your heart is hurting, no matter what your circumstances are, there is only one healer. I see you. God sees you. And through biblical content, I will teach you how to leave your pain in the past, receive the gift of whole healing, and soar into purpose. So, are you ready to be restored and become all God created you to be? We are going to trade those ashes for beauty. Let's jump into today's show. Grab your favorite coffee, journal, and Bible. It's time to dig in and unwrap your gift. Well, hello, this is Jeannie Smith. Welcome back to the show. I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. I know that there is much to be thankful for, and even when we're going through difficult times and uh, in the midst of brokenness, we can, if we look upon the Lord, if we look upon the face of Jesus, if we look around everything around us, we can find something to be thankful for. And one of the things that I encouraged you to do before Thanksgiving was to just soak in gratitude. When we soak in gratitude, it begins to shift our mind, our thought process, and it begins to poise our heart, and we begin to enter into thanksgiving. And so that is a tool that we need to learn, one that we need to have in our backpack at all times. Why? Because we live in a fallen world that is full of brokenness. And let's just face it, life is just not fair to the human mind. There's so many things that we can look at and go, why did that happen? Why did this happen? That's not fair. Why did I get dealt these cards? And if you have never been broken before, well, hang on because you will be. I don't know that I've ever met someone that can tell me that they've never been hurt or broken from something in this world. So I want to just go ahead and pray as I open us up into today's message of brokenness. Father, Holy Spirit, we just ask that you come, Lord, and just move in the heart of those that are listening. Lord, move in my heart as I speak, as I be a vessel for you. Because, Lord, today I'm just asking you to just use your words. Just flow them through me in whatever way, shape, or portion that you have decided, Lord. You know what the hearts of your people need to hear. And, Lord, I just ask for a freshness, Lord. I pray that the words would be anointing. And they would go out and they would touch the hearts of those that are listening. And I pray healing over them, Lord. I pray that they will be touched and have an encounter with you, Holy Spirit, as they listen to the words that you have prepared. And we ask all these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. So let's open up our time together today with Psalms 91.4. It says, He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. Now, have you ever read Psalms 91, because that is a beautiful chapter. If you haven't, I encourage you to take the time to do that because it just pours out God's love and protection over us. But today, together, we are going to look at Psalms 51, and we're going to break it down. Now, 
I see forgiveness as a gift. I know that must sound strange, but it's through brokenness that we meet God. It's through brokenness that we begin to be a light that shines out to others. Once I saw a pastor do a demonstration on stage right before he went into the message from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning in verse 3, and that passage was about the gospel and that our gospel is our story. And it says that if your gospel is hid, it's hid from those that are lost. So before he begins this message, he holds up two vases. And it appears by the natural eye that there's no difference between the two. They look exactly the same. They're the same color, the same size. And then the next thing he does is he has a light hanging from a string. And he drops the light down in both of the vases at the same time. And once he does, something begins to happen. One of the vases began to illuminate. And light was coming out all of these cracks and crevices all the way down the vase. It was so beautiful. And the other vase, you couldn't see any light at all. Matter of fact, because of the shape and the depth of the vase, the light began to diminish. Now the same light was dropped down into the same vases. The only thing different was that one of them had cracks all around it and the other one did not. Because of the brokenness, because of the cracks, light was illuminating everywhere and the finished product was one of beauty. And so now let's go back to my comment of brokenness as a gift. It is out of the brokenness that light begins to form. Light begins to radiate. A gift is given. It's out of the brokenness and the cracks in our lives that God, as he says in Isaiah 61, brings beauty from ashes. Now, of course, it doesn't feel like that when you're going through it. And I can tell you, even now, as I'm going through difficulty, going through loss in my life, it doesn't feel like it. But I hold on to the promises that are true. Remember, we have said before that we do not let feelings guide us. They cannot guide us. They cannot lead us. We have to be led by truth because our feelings will send us in all these places. And they're not healthy places at times mentally. And we may go there for a moment, but we have to pull ourselves out of it. We have to go back to the truth of God's word and his promises. So we see brokenness as a gift, right? Because it's in that place that we are going to meet God. It's in that place that we're going to be healed and restored. And it's from that place that we're going to be able to help other people and comfort other people. Now, what kind of person does scripture tell us that God draws near to? What kind of person does he rescue and deliver? Scripture tells us that it's always the brokenhearted and the crushed in spirit. Those that call upon his name. Jesus came for the sick. He came from the hurting. He came for the loss. And the world is full of brokenness, which also means, praise God, this world is full of redemption. Because he came to redeem the world. So right now, let's just pause for a moment. Pray and ask God to search your heart. 
What's broken in you right now? Does anything broken in your life need to be redeemed, healed? Well, there is only one who can, and he is eager to do so. Remember, his name is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. He's eager to do it for you, just as he did it for me in the past. And praise God, he's in the process of doing it once again. So we give him all honor, glory, and praise for that. Now, let's go to Psalms 51. Hopefully you got your cup of coffee and you got your journal and your pen and your Bible. We are going to dive into this. And I really just want to read it verse by verse and break it down. So Psalms 51, beginning in verse 1. Now, it's important to know this is David's plea for mercy, forgiveness, and cleansing. And God wants our hearts to be right with him. David was known as the man after God's heart. David had a pure heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God, Matthew 5, 8. But David was just like you and I. He was a sinner. He made mistakes. This psalm was written only about a year after David's is what he would title probably as his greatest sin. And here we see David's great brokenness. And so verse 1, it says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. And so David is saying here, God, you are a God of tender mercies. And he's begging him to blot out his sins. Now, when you think about that word blot, uh, when you go to clean something out, like if you think about maybe a white tablecloth and some grape juice got spilled on it, that's a bad stain. And you're having to soak it and scrub it. There's some scrubbing going on there, almost like a, you know, a deep washboard cleansing going on there when we look at the word blot. And so that's how David saw this sin so badly. He's using the word blot, begging God for his mercy to blot out his sins. And he's asking for a cleansing. So going on into verse 2, he says, wash me thoroughly. He doesn't just say wash me. He says, wash me thoroughly from my sins and cleanse me from my sin. He's asking God to make him new, to cleanse him and make him new. Verse 3, for I acknowledge my sins and my sin is ever before me. He's saying, God, just like Paul, a thorn in my side. There is a sin that is ever before me, and he's begging God to take it away, to cleanse him from it. And then we go on to see later, David is going to ask him to recommission him for, for use, right? So we see a vision of this brokenness, this broken man before the Lord. And then we're going to see him speak out to the Lord and ask him to renew him and to use him in the future. Okay, so looking at verse 4, against thee, only you, Lord, have I sinned, and I've done this evil in your sight, that thou mightst be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you desired truth in my inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Verse 7, purge me with hyssop. I love this. And I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. He's saying, you know, here we go from a blot, something very stained or grape juice stained to now him asking God to make him whiter than snow. Now, why is he doing this? Because he's getting ready to ask him for recommission. Watch this. Verse eight, make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. 
Now, what does that say in there? That is telling me when it says the bones that you have broken, that sometimes God allows the crushing. Sometimes we do things, you know, self-destruct things in our lives. But God, because of we have um, we have free will and we may not always choose what is right, God sometimes allows the crushing. And so we see that going on here. And David acknowledges that. And then verse 9, hide thy face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Verse 10, beautiful here. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. So he's asking God, please do not go away from my presence. Please do not take the Holy Spirit from me. Because he realizes how important these things are. They're his salvation. They're his lifeline. And he cannot go on without them. Verse 12, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. So here he's asking, Lord, restore me. Give me back the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Verse 13, then and only then will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. So he's realizing, he's saying right here that before he can begin to teach anyone the ways of the Lord again, he is asking to be forgiven, to be cleansed, and to be recommissioned for use. Then, Lord, then after those three things have been done, then can I teach your ways. Verse 14, deliver me from blood guiltiness. O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. Verse 15, O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall bring forth your praise. Verse 16, for thou desirest not sacrifice, or else I would give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings, or I would give it. Now here, what is David saying? So David, King David, could have given God anything that God desired. He was very wealthy. There was not one thing that King David would not give in God. However, he says right here, you do not desire a sacrifice or I would give it. No. So what does it tell us then in verse 17 that God wanted? The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God. If I have these things, thou will not despise me. So this is a beautiful thing that we see here. It shows us that God is pleased with humility. He didn't want any kind of sacrifice, any earthly sacrifice from David. No, he wanted a broken, contrite spirit. He wanted a genuine heart of humility, you know, and repentance before the Lord. That was beautiful in God's sight. And that's what David gave him. Verse 18, do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Then shall thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then shall they offer bullocks upon that altar. And so here what we see is that there is a beautiful picture of David clinging to the Lord, begging him for forgiveness. You know, we probably see the greatest brokenness from King David right here in this psalm because this was the greatest sin, according to David, that he had committed. This was, remember, written a year after his sin with Bathsheba. So in the book of Psalms, we see many affirmations of David before the Lord. 
We see brokenness many times. We see David, many of the Psalms that he wrote, he would start out being very broken, but midway through, the Psalm would begin to shift and we start to see how he's beginning to be encouraged before the Lord. That's because David's mind and heart and thoughts are beginning to shift. So we can really relate with King David through the book of Psalms because he's feeling and experiencing so many things that we are today. He's encountering sin like we are today, but yet he's humanly going before the Lord and he's confessing his sin. He's walking in his brokenness. He's asking the Lord to heal him, restore him, and then to recommission him. And just like we are today. So what is your great brokenness? What is your great sin or pain or difficulty that you're facing today? Whatever it is, Jesus is the answer. David got it right. He always turned to God. God and Jesus is the answer. God will revive our hearts. But we have to be willing to let him help us. I love this quote from Samuel Chadwick. It says, It is a wonder what God can do with a broken heart when he gets all the pieces. Notice it doesn't say some of the pieces. It says all the pieces. You know, to be broken is the beginning of being able to be used for God. Remember the vases. If that vase had not have been broken with all the cracks, when the gospel of light was shined down in there, it wouldn't have been able to be illuminated. Others wouldn't have been able to see its beauty as it radiated out. And brokenness in our lives happens from you know, tragedies that we may encounter, things of that nature, but it truly is about something so much more greater than that. True brokenness is not a feeling or an emotion. Rather, it is a choice, an act of will, rather. It's a life-changing encounter, something that's happened. True brokenness is an ongoing, constant way of life. It's a lifestyle. It's a moment-by-moment moment of being broken, but yet agreeing with God about the true condition of our heart and our life, getting real with God. And when we get real with God about who we are and where we are, then he can begin to work within us and work through us. Brokenness is the shattering of one's self-will, the absolute surrender of our will to instead the will of God. It is saying, yes, Lord, no more resistance. No more arguing, no more fussing, no more stubbornness. Just simple submission to you in your direction and will for my life. And so sometimes things happen, whether it be tragedy or circumstances, uh, to make us get into a place of brokenness. Not because that's what God wants for us, but because of choices that we make can lead us into this place but ultimately, what God wants is for us to be in this place of surrender to him. And so many don't truly understand what that word surrender means. It's just submission to the Lord of, Lord, you know what's best for me. I give my life to you. And that's not a bad thing. I remember when God called me to this specific thing. And it seemed like I was leaving so much behind. And maybe to the earthly view, it looked like I was. But rather, as I pulled away... From so much, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, don't look back because what is ahead of you is so much greater than anything that you leave behind. And 
that truly is what it's like to live a life with the Lord, serving the Lord. That the destination, the journey where you're headed with the Lord is so much greater. There's blessings there, supernatural favor everywhere you go in the blessings of the Lord. You begin to understand and live in that abundant joy, abundant life that Jesus spoke about. Because anything apart from that is death. Life is in him. He is the way, he's the truth, and he is the life, tells us in the book of John. And so we want to stay on that path because God knows what is best for us. He has a great, good plan for our lives. But sometimes we get off that path. Sometimes in daily decisions, things that we have to choose and decide upon, you know, every day we're given that choice. Is this going to be a choice that leads to blessing or is this going to be a choice that leads to circumstances? Now, God is always faithful. He is always there to try to put us back on track because he's always pursuing us. He pursued us on the cross. That's where it first began. That's where the gift of eternal life came for you and I. It was through his brokenness. And let's just think about his brokenness for a little bit. He was beaten. He was wounded for our transgressions. Surely he hath bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Yes, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our sins. The punishment of our peace was put upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. That's Isaiah 53. Beautiful passage here. Picture of what happened on the cross. So friends, yes, what happened on the cross was brutal. It was absolute, complete brokenness. It was surrender of Christ Jesus, God's Son, to God the Father's perfect plan for him to be sacrificed as the perfect, spotless lamb on the cross for you and me. He was broken and yet surrendered to God's will. So if we see here that God's son had to be broken for a beautiful work, the salvation of all mankind to happen. If it was necessary for God's only son to be broken for you and I out of his great love, why do we think that we get a free pass on this? We are not going to get a free pass on this. It was something that had to happen, that had to be accomplished because we live in a fallen, broken world. And because of that, we will be broken too. We will have to suffer too. It's a picture of Christ, but the end result is eternity. It is heaven. It is full joy, healing, the perfectness. The love of the Father forevermore with all of the saints, with all of our family, with all of our loved ones in heaven. It's the promise of eternal life where we will never grow old, where we will never die, and we will live in his presence and joy forevermore. But it was at a price, and the price was brokenness. And so it is with us, friends, that yes, we will live in brokenness. There will be things that happen, things that we go through that cause brokenness, that causes pain, it causes suffering. But the end result will be Jesus. 
It will be eternity, so we must keep our eyes on him. We must keep our eyes on heaven and the matters of the Father's heart. We must cling to his word where all hope and healing and comfort is found. Most of the source of brokenness comes from sin itself, just like it did with King David and Psalms 51. We see the picture of his brokenness, and it was there as a result of sin. And wasn't sin what led Jesus to the cross to begin with, where he experienced brokenness? So many times within ourselves, it is the sin that leads us to this place of brokenness. But we can look to the cross, and if we look to the cross, we see the healing and the restoration that is before us. And all we have to do is say yes. All we have to do is make a choice to lean in that direction and begin to walk and align with the Lord and submit our lives to the Lord. There's such a great song that Danny Gokey sings called We All Need Jesus. And it's about brokenness. And my little boy sings this song. And I just love to hear him sing it from such a pure, innocent, childlike voice. But it doesn't matter how old we are. Little and old, we all need Jesus. And the lyrics say, we're so quick to point a finger. We judge things from our point of view. The things that we say, the trouble it makes, it hurts you and it hurts me too. This is such a fallen world we live in. It's really not the way it's supposed to be. What if we could see each other different? It probably would change everything. We're all broken people. Don't we all need Jesus? Every moment of our lives, 24, 365. Our human is equal. Don't we all have our weaknesses? Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody needs that grace. We all need Jesus. Don't we all need Jesus? Oh, we all, we all, we all need Jesus. Everybody needs a savior, even the ones who think they don't. We've got stuff we hide deep down inside. There's so much that we don't show. Yes, it's a wounded world we live in, wounded world. It's really not the way it's supposed to be. Isn't that the beauty of redemption? It changes everything. We're all broken people. Don't we all need Jesus every moment of our lives? 24, 365. Our human is equal. Don't we all have weaknesses? Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody needs that grace. We all need Jesus. From the beggar to the rich man, from the prisoner to the preacher, all I know is we all need Jesus. All I know is we all need Jesus. Every man and every woman, every city, every nation, all I know is we all need Jesus. All I know is that we're all broken people. Don't we all need Jesus? Yes, we do. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. Everybody in the world needs Jesus. Again, lyrics from Danny Gokey. Go listen to that song today. It will encourage your heart. I just love it. Well, friends, that's it today. Go and be blessed. I hope you have a wonderful week. I look forward to seeing you back in the next show. Love you bunches. Live life abundantly. If you like Mommy's show, leave a review. Hey, before you go, if this podcast has blessed you, the number one way you can help me is to leave a review and subscribe to the Shattered into Beautiful show. Next, hop on over to the Shattered into Beautiful private Facebook group where you will find a network of friends with daily inspiration. 
You can reach me at JeannieScottSmith.com. And lastly, please share the episode or review in your social and tag me at Smith Evangelistic Ministries. I cannot wait to meet with you again. Stay tuned for more life-giving podcasts coming your way. Music